So I Married a Cinephile uses clips, quotes, and songs in fair use as commentary for movie review, with no intention for monetary profit or gain. So please don't sue us. We're just having fun. Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? Record? I did. Oh. Oh. And, and we're, we're rolling. rolling. Hi guys, Fuck. I'm Ben Farmer. Fuck. And I'm a cinephile. I'm Megan Carter and I'm a cine newbie. We watch all kinds of movies, new and old. And we let you know. And we, we. Wow. I don't think I've messed that up one time. Not once, Benjamin John Wesley Here Farmer. We Not Here we go. once. And we let you know if you should watch them too. Welcome back to So I Married a Cinephile. Sort of on the bandwagon of our summer blockbuster series. Yes, indeed. Uh, um, um, and we did it again. We watched a movie that was released in theaters on July 7th. We watched this movie this, on July 9th. This happens to us all, all the, the fucking time. time. All the time. Where we will record or we will record a podcast and then realize after we've recorded the podcast or whatever that we watched the movie within like days of its anniversary date. I don't its know release date. how yeah. we keep it's, doing that. It's crazy how often we do this. So, I don't know if I love the microphone being right here. I didn't even notice until you said it. Really? It looks like I have, like... What <laughs> For those who are listening to the podcast, this is... Or if you're blind, uh, Ben has positioned unwittingly we... the um, microphone so that it looks like it's kind of his penis and now he adjusted it further so if you heard that adjustment that's what it was christ on sale we, all right we did click that it was not safe for kids so this is true let's move, move this properly out of the way so sorry so, so sorry, sorry. For the feedback so, so sorry. sorry there we so go sorry there we go there we go there. do you We've never had it in the picture. It's a podcast. But people don't know that we use a microphone. <laughs> Do you think people don't just, know that? Our are just they that just good. magically show up. They just re- we are professional actors. We are professional actors. So we know actors. how to like, get our voice and our mask. We project into our so mask, well that we don't even need to make a phone call for you to hear our voices. That's huh. how good we are. Admittedly, I was reciting Shakespeare on my walk with Rocket today. This is okay. Pause. This is something Ben has always done and probably will always do. He'll be walking around the house and I'll just hear him go, Val, what? Tyrant. And I'm like, the fuck is, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, I was just reciting something from Hamlet. I'm like, what? He's like, well, so you don't forget it. Right. This shit just stays fresh in your memory if you keep reciting it. So. Just in case. Yeah, just but- in case you need to pull some Shakespeare out of your pocket. Megan, how are you? I'm okay. You're okay. I'm going to be, you know what? I'm going to be transparent because I believe in being a neurodiversity ambassador. Today was a rough mental health day for me. Um, it was not a bad mental health day, which you helped me kind of put in perspective, but it was a hard mental health day. Um, I have anxiety and OCD, and when I'm dealing with a lot of stress or a big change or I don't know, maybe come to terms with the fact that we were forced to leave our home within a matter of months and had no say in the matter. Yep. And now we're living in a wonderful house that's not our own. And we also have had a, I've had a job change and you've had a job change. And 
you know, there's some grief associated with that. So maybe it's time to just honor that shit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so today was just a lot of processing and being kind to myself, which is very frustrating for somebody who likes to be busy. <laughs> I don't want to stop. So, yeah. uh, so yeah. I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm also weird because it's like, I, this is my first full week of being freelance. I really enjoyed it. Did you? Honest. I loved it. Did you notice any differences? I was thinking about it a few times this week about how great it is to, um, have, have sort of both of us in roughly the same room, mm-hmm. which is not that big of a change, but at the same time, you are not tied to phone calls, to uh, the litany of what you used to do in your old position, mm-hmm. which was very taxing. Yes. And you had like a lot of hours and stuff like that. And you, you more or less do in this one, but it's a yeah. little bit more freelance. There's a little bit more flexibility. Right. We had the time to uh, put ourselves on tape this last week. That was really Excuse fun. Me. Thankfully, so... And I also um, had time, like, to do an audition for an audiobook. Yeah, and also not feel as overwhelmed, maybe, to try and get to everything. And, and being able to create your own schedule, I think, just gave, uh, or gives you a lot of power and flexibility. Aww. So, uh, kudos. Thank you. Mazatov, and, um, yeah, I feel like it's just going to get better. With I think so, too. It's, it is going to take some getting used to because I'm, like, scared. It's like I remember – this is so weird that I remember this. Um, I remember my first week at, at the high school that I went to, which was a private high school. Yeah. And it was, like, a big deal to get into this high school. I remember the first week on Friday, I didn't have any homework, and I felt horrible about yeah. myself. I was like, why don't I have any homework? Like, I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was just waiting <laughs> for them to be like, just kidding, you missed four tests. Like, <laughs> And so it's like weird. I have this like thing that it's like I should be preparing extra. I should be saying, yeah. I was like, maybe you could just take it easy. Yeah. You know? So like today there was some stuff that I could have done, but I could also do it tomorrow. Right. So I'm going right. to do it tomorrow instead. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe I need to, you know, have some kombucha and do some coloring books yeah for god's sake i feel like recovery is very important you know yes. we're both very physically active as well but we yes. also need those days to where like you know what i don't think i should work out today because mm-hmm. this is what my body is telling me oh my god yeah and i imagine it's the same with your brain and your yes. emotional buildups oh it absolutely is and the more that you try to push through it the worse the buildup's gonna be yeah. So, so yeah i was like doing a meditation that was on uh, acknowledging and releasing grief and like Two minutes into the seven-minute meditation, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and also uh, not to cut you off, but also uh, my realization in like this immediate moment is that I don't think it's one stage of grief that we're going no, through with all of it's this. Waves. I feel like it's waves of grief, and the first wave or the the first uh, sort of phase of grief and loss is anger. That oh is yeah, the first sort of goalpost you jump over. And so everything that you're feeling, and I imagine millions of other oh, people are feeling, for sure. is perfectly natural. And too, it's because like you're a human being with feelings. Recovery and that's just, is not linear. No, Healing is not linear. Emotions Grief are not linear. Grief is not linear. Like, and also too, life we is can not go linear. through it again because you yes. can have grief for the life that you had. You can have grief for what's happening with the pandemic. You can have grief for what's happening for Black Lives Matter. Yes. Like you could have grief over so many things right now. Yeah. So it's not 
not uncommon to think of it as multiple waves of grief, mm. multiple kinds of grief, yeah. and that that's compounded with this new world that we're living in. Yeah. So it's like, please, for God's sake, take care of yourselves. Yeah. Download, and uh, I have plenty of apps I can recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Just message me on Instagram, and I will tell you all of the wellness apps. Yeah. How are you doing? Well, I know you have OCD. I do have OCD. But I have JoCD. Because... Nope. Okay. Nope. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. That was... It's been fun. The reason I say that is because I'm wearing my Joe Biden 2020 t-shirt. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. (laughs) Why didn't you say if you're listening (laughs) on the podcast... I'm wearing it versus if you're wait, watching what I, on. Wait, what did I just you say? You said if you're watching on YouTube, I'm wearing a shirt. You can see it. It's like, well, yeah, there. <laughs> this is a visual medium. This is a visual medium. The I don't think you need to tell them that auditory. they can see your shirt. <laughs> yeah, all right. Right. I'm explaining for the people watching our podcast. Right. Wait, that doesn't quite mesh. I'll so. sign. I'll do sign language just to really capitalize <laughs> on it. Impaired, right? Yes, Ben is ah. wearing a. Yeah, I'll sign. Do sign language for the hearing impaired. No problem. Right. <laughs> That's what you I've just said. Did you? <laughs> I've been holding. Wait, for the hearing. In... Wait, the hearing impaired needs sign language, right? Yeah, I thought. Right. Wait. I oh, I thought impaired. you Not were saying. Blind. I thought you were. I thought. Now I've ruined it all. Now I. Now I look like I the asshole. Yeah, for no, the visually impaired. impaired. Good thing we have this all on video. Yes. And on podcast, so we can. Go Everybody back and can just come for us. Like there's <laughs> footage, and it's so clear that we mean everything Every we're talking about. Word. Uh, but I'm wearing my Joe Biden t-shirt uh, That today, is serious. Which is why I made that joke. Yes. So, uh, go Joe. Yeah, go Joe. I've had uh, mixed reactions around the community. Yes, you have. I went out running, because I have two of these t-shirts, I went out running in my other one today. Mm-hmm. And you can always tell who is supporting Joe Biden because I'm running on the side of a road slash highway. And there are people who give you a lot of room to run, and then there are people who just like are within two feet of you who just don't give a shit. Don't give a f- and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then like people are waving at you, giving you all this space. I'm like, ah. Yeah. And then people in the supermarket are like, go Joe. I'm like, yeah, go Joe. Right, but then there's also you know like grumpy. There's there's guy with Trump hat who's not wearing a mask. He, and- I loved your. You said that his expression when he saw your shirt, he didn't know what to do with himself. Yes, like, there was a guy in the store. So Little he's visibility not, he, he's around that. Maga hat. He's wearing a MAGA hat. And, and again, like, he, he can, if he wants to wear his MAGA hat and vote for Trump, that's his prerogative. But we can also coexist in the same space. But I did think it was interesting to see, like, as soon as I walked towards him, he saw me coming and he just... He froze for a it's second. Like he looked it was like, like a shark coming at him in water. Well, I thought it was more like he saw an ex-girlfriend and he didn't, or, or like, that. from high yeah, school. Yeah, like, okay, didn't so want him to... shark in water, but sort of like an awkward situation coming his way. Right. So he just decided to, like, turn all the way around mm-hmm. and talk to the deli uh, lady who was there about cold cuts <laughs> while I was, you know, looking at at salsa. Sure. Um, so anyhow, I, it's, it's interesting the reactions you get, but I am very much in a phase of uh, showing and living what you believe. I'm very glad that we're able to... I'm setting up oh. the live Insta. I thought, oh, tic- I thought you were TikToking for a second. No, I don't have a TikTok. I'm not knocking over. Should I get that. a TikTok? Don't get a TikTok. Amazon today almost told, I mean, they told employees to delete the app on their phones because they thought the Chinese were using it to hack. 
and then they like retracted that. They went. They were like six hours later. They're like, oh, never mind. I don't know why. What? Because TikTok is now huge, and it's making like this this big uh, uh, impact uh, on social media. No, and people are making literally making millions of dollars. So here's here's the thing. This is the thing. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. 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 Um, it's because, in my opinion, I think it's because Trump's pissed off that a bunch of TikTokers ruined his rally. <laughs> so now he's claiming that this is like how people are hacking into whatever and that it's illegal or right. whatever. Right. Um, when actually it's just he's pissed off that a bunch of TikTokers like <laughs> rickrolled his shit. <laughs> like, did. I think that's what it is. Security concerns from a China-owned China company. company. Thank you, from, Stafford. Thank you, Stafford. Uh, um, no, I saw that in the New York Times today. and uh, Stafford's like our fact checker. Thank you so much. Yes. I don't know what we would do without that. Truly, this. though. Also, I'll Gen Z Gen. trolls LMAO. <laughs> they are, but they're making like millions of dollars. Those like the, 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 uh, these TikTok communities who live in houses. Yeah. And they're all like in their late teens and early 20s, and they all look like uh, Gap models. Yes. And they're making all of this money and... Uh, selling uh, all this stuff through ad deals that they must get, just yes. like any YouTubers. But anyway, well, we talk like we really know what we're talking we, about. We do as we, as mid thirties, mid thirties, don't have TikTok. Married people who. That's right. That's Jesus right. Christ. So, but anyway, to answer your question, I'm doing well. Good. Um, very busy day. Twelve minutes in. I took two trips to the dump today. Not uh, the toilet. Not the toilet, but the actual dump here in Sunapee, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I helped my aunt clean out the garage she's last week. She's not your aunt. I mean, she's my aunt-in-law. You, People okay. think she's more my aunt than yours That's until they meet you. That's because you have red hair. Right. The guy at the dump today was like, oh yeah, you must be related to Elizabeth because you got red hair. I'm like, no, no. My wife is her niece, but if you met my wife, you would know that my wife is related to Elizabeth All right. because she's a Heffernan and you can just tell when you're in the presence of a Heffernan. I mean, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. So, uh, but, but yeah. that said though, he laughed hysterically at he that. He did. The guy which, was like, oh, that's was like the, the ju- here's the thing. That's the other thing too, is, is that the guy, when you picked up the paint, that thought that was the funniest oh, thing. When I went to the like, hardware store, I was picking up a can of Benjamin Moore paint and he, I had to like give him my name to like pick up the order and everything. I had to show him my ID and on my way out, what froze me in my steps, I was caught utterly flat-footed and I had no reaction. Because the, the reaction that was going to come out of my mouth was going to be very rude. Of course. Not not like in a cutting way, but it would have insulted his intelligence. Just yes. because that would have just been like my knee-jerk reaction. Right. Because on my way out with this can of paint, he's like, Oh, it's so funny. You're, you're buying a can of Benjamin Moore paint and your name's Benjamin. That's funny. And this was my reaction. Like... <laughs> Yeah. So many responses were running through my head in the span of seconds, and I'm like, I'm not going to say anything because what's going to come out due to my improv training is probably not going to be kind. (laughs) And they're perfectly nice. Right. Thanks to Abishan. Speaking of being quick witted. Speaking of. Speaking of. of of Two two people trying to make it work through crazy times. There you go. That's way better than mine. (laughs) Speaking of paint. Speaking. Speaking of apartheid, uh, wait. What? 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 We, we watched Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon 2. The sequel. Uh, the sequel to Lethal Weapon. My friend Ian 
from B12 said, and he is right, much like The Godfather, the second is better than the first. I I think I, I mentioned that to you as well. Yes. Like, the first movie, which we have reviewed on this podcast, you yes. should go back, go and, back listen and, and listen to that listen episode. to that. Um, I also recommend that you do watch the first one before you watch this one. You don't yeah. necessarily need to. It helps. But it helps give a little bit of backstory about the two main characters. This one is infinitely better. It is infinitely movie, better. But you can't really watch it without watching the first Correct. one. Correct. And so. we'll get into all of that. So uh, the plot breakdown per IMDb. Riggs and Murtaugh are on the trail of South African diplomats who are using their immunity to engage in criminal activities in Los Angeles. Yeah. Meh. Meh. Say old shoe. Say old shoe. Get me a G&T. Old shoe. Directed by uh, the amazing Richard Donner. And for you who don't know, he also directed a little movie called The Goonies. But oh. he also directed all four Lethal Weapon movies. He directed a great movie called Maverick. I haven't seen that. Um, has worked with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover constantly. Is Maverick a spinoff of Top Gun? No, that is Top Gun Part Two. Maverick takes Manhattan, which is coming out. Is that later with the Muppets? Year. I really wish they would do a Top Gun movie with Muppets. That would be so Muppets great. Muppets and Jets. Can you imagine? There would be at least one time that the thing would pop off and just and the stars on the Gonzo will fly out. No. Uh, we could get Tim Curry and Michael Caine in there. No, I don't know about I don't know, Tim. But... I don't know about either of them. <laughs> I was about to say I don't know about Tim Curry, but I know I'm like, actually would, I don't know about Michael Caine. Smoking cigars and drinking brandy. All right. The time. Uh, directed by Richard Donner, screenplay by a guy named Jeffrey Boehm. The story was by uh, originally by Shane Black, who uh, also I believe came up with the original concept for Die Hard. Oh. Uh, Shane Black and Joel Silver. Joel Silver, who's the producer of this movie, made all of these amazing action movies, including Die Hard, including the first two Lethal Weapon movies. Uh, so if it was the 80s and it was action, chances are Shane Black and Joel Silver, one of the two, if not both, were uh, involved huh. in, uh, in these movies. Uh, it, the, this movie got an Oscar nomination for Best of, for best uh, Sound Effects Editing and Best Effects. Okay, so I'm two, right with So that. two nominations. Uh, holds, I believe, yeah, a 70 Metascore on IMDb based uh, on the reviews of 21 different critics. Came out in 1989. Jesus. Made 147 million just U.S. domestically, which I think is twice the domestic money that Lethal Weapon made. Really? So it's a sequel that the that the critics were like, it's you guys as good know if what not you're better doing. than the first. Yep. Um, they really took the script and just kind of honed in on the comedic elements. Yes. But also a pretty good plot that had a lot of things to say that were going on socially at the time. Right. Um, and also, again, just took what they had as their base and just built on it. Well, and it's like a lot of other movies that we've talked about where they weren't quite sure what their audience was going to be. Sure. If it's going to be, like, adults, if it's going to be families, if it's going to be kids. Like Plus, this is released in, we just said, July 7th of 89. So right, so it's I was five years old. It was a summer blockbuster. Yeah. So they wanted it to cater to the widest audience as possible. Right. And the poster, if you guys look up the poster, it's super simple, just like all the Lethal Weapon uh, posters. It's just Gibson and Glover on the cover. I have a comment about that oh, a bit later I on. I think you told me about this. I did. And I think I know what you're going to say. Yes, you and will. I think I have a way to shut you down. Great. We'll do it in trivia then. <laughs> Great. We'll do it in trivia. Great. But no, but like what I was saying though is, is that it's like a lot of those movies, the first one where they're figuring out, oh, like this is our audience. Yeah, yeah. Then once they have that figured out, the ones afterwards usually are an improvement upon because they know who they're catering to. Sure. And they know what they're writing for and they also do test audiences as well yeah. and i imagine they took that feedback from the first movie and took that all into consideration 
Um, and uh, getting into the cast a little bit, of course, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover return as Martin Riggs and Roger Murtaugh. Mm-hmm. The addition of Joe Pesci as Leo Getz is one of the most brilliant strokes of genius to ever come Joe out of Joe Pesci will outshine anyone. Put Joe you Pesci put in any movie. Any movie. Any actor. This I don't is, care. I think... If you put him on the screen with Tom Cruise, Sean Connery... And fucking Michael Caine, you would still have your eye drawn to Joe Pesci every time. He just adds so much. I don't think he tries to steal the spotlight. No. He just, he's such a great ensemble player. Yes. And if you want a good review of a Joe Pesci movie we did recently, go back and listen to My Cousin Vinny. You can also go back before that and listen to Raging Bull, which is an incredible movie. One of our earliest ones. I almost said The Godfathers, but Joe Pesci's not in The Godfathers. Not in The Godfathers. Um, Rounding out the supporting cast, new to the movie, uh, Patsy Kenseth plays Rika von uh, Hagendas, who, that's what... uh, uh, Mel Gibson calls it. Hagen Doss? <laughs> yes, Rika von Hagen Doss. Oh my God. Uh, but Rika von Doss, who uh, plays his girlfriend. We have Joss Ackland, who's still alive, girlfriend. who plays the main uh, bad guy, Arjun Rudd. Derek O'Connor plays his sort of henchman, uh, Peter Vorsett. Uh, we have returning cast of Darlene Love, who plays Trish Murtaugh. All of these supporting members, though, you have Jeanette Goldstein, who movie uh, buffs might remember from James Cameron's Aliens. She also played John Connor's foster mom in Terminator 2. Um, she had a ton of work during. Wait, the, who was she in this? She just played one of the one of uh, one of the one detectives. Of the cops? Yeah. Oh on, right, on she's the one team. that got the pool. The pool bomb, which was one of the greatest like stunt explosions. The, in the movie. one police woman uh, they have, and they literally blew her out of the water. It was supposed to be a lot more graphic in the original screenplay, but they took and like just rewrote a little bit. Um, also, rounding out the supporting cast, we have Dean Norris, who plays Hank in the entire season of Breaking Bad. Uh, you'll spot Dean Norris in a ton of movies. Dean Norris, oddly enough, was in Terminator 2 as well. He was on really? the SWAT team that went and tried See? to take him down. Yeah, play yeah. a cop, you're going to play a cop Yeah, again. exactly. So, uh, an amazing uh, supporting cast. So, uh, Side note, why did the psychiatrist or psychologist or whatever show up like three times and then really have nothing to do? She seemed like she's important, yes. and then nothing happened. She... She has a, I think she has a little bit more of uh, a heavy role in the first one because she's telling everyone that Riggs is kind of unhinged. He's got all these psychological issues that he really needs to work through. Well, maybe. I guess I personally thought, I was like, oh, is there actually like a completely inappropriate love interest there? Like, it's In Lethal like... Weapon 4, they actually reference that a little bit, but he's like making fun of her because, it, and not, not to spoil it, and maybe we can watch Lethal Weapon 4 at some point, but Riggs is thinking of actually getting married again Mm -hmm. and if we watch Lethal Weapon 3 we'll find out why but he goes to the psychiatrist and honest to god he's like going to her for advice he's like what do you think about marriage and she's like and she laughs in his face because oh my god the m word I she's like you know what would happen we would go into my office we would sit down and then you would tell me you want to marry Murtaugh or the president or whoever and she's like something just to get under my skin something to get a rise out of me I don't like you. And then she storms off, and then <laughs> Gibson from across the room is like in front of hundreds of people. He's like, Stephanie, I'm so sorry. We can't go out. I'm in a committed relationship right now. And everyone's like, oh, what the fuck? And he just totally embarrasses her in front oh of her. She's like, oh, disgusting. How dare you? And Jeez. so she ends up becoming kind of this weird punching bag. But she's always sort of like this minute voice of reason. I don't and love that. I, well, you know. Riggs is Riggs. Like, say, if you were going to say it was the 80s. It was the 80s. Yeah. You know? Like, there was yeah. cocaine flying around every set, you know? Then, so then we get to abuse <laughs> the female yeah, psychologist? Of 
abused the female psychologist. We verbally abused the female psychologist. Rich just brushes her off because she feels like he doesn't need her. He's dislocating his arm to work through his. Um. So there's no way the camper would have exploded. Let's just dip. Let's just just dive right in because I'm furious. Oh, so we actually kick off the movie in one of the best openings ever. A really good opening. It really is. It really is. They they show the title crawl. It's just Lethal Weapon Two, and then right away you hear Mel Gibson screaming because he's like. It's like he's on a roller coaster, but they're in right. high speed pursuit. They're chasing after this vehicle. There's all these different these different squad cars. Keep in mind cars. that they're doing it in. Why are they in his wife's car? Because of course he gets caught. I don't know. I bet he went to the dealership to like pick it up. And then so they're they in got Murtaugh's, called in. They're in Murtaugh's wife's brand new station wagon. It looks like the Griswolds are chasing these South African terrorists yes. through Los Angeles. And so Murtaugh is driving. He's trying not to scratch the car because it's brand new. And Riggs is like, can't you go any faster? And he's like, this is my fucking wife's new car. I can't wreck this. So right away, you establish that dynamic of yes. like the wild boy in the passenger seat, like punching the roof because yep. he's having so much fun. And Murtaugh's just like trying to just keep the car on the road mm-hmm. while pursuing them safely. So right away, you set up a dynamic, but you, you're also... What I love is that you're just dropped in oh, to, yeah. to an, an existing situation. Yeah. But also right away you get the sense of, of history. Like time has passed. Oh, yeah. But these guys are still who they are. But they're you can tell there's they're a little bit closer. Yep. So they really lean into the comic sort of yes. dynamic of these two. Which I think that's right. what makes this so successful. Yes. And I think, but again, you wouldn't be able to have that if you hadn't have had the first movie. Correct. Where Correct. they're like figuring each other out. Because you need that. Yeah. I mean, talk about... I mean, if you could find something that would match perfectly, it'd be Bilbo Baggins and Sam. I mean, it's the same <laughs> fucking thing. Um, so, yeah, so there's this high chase, high car chase, high... High, high speed pursuit. High speed pursuit. So wow. You have different squad cars. There's two different cars they're following. And they're going after this guy. I don't remember why they're going after him, but they're chasing him. Yes. yes. And, uh, and then they catch... No, they don't catch one. They both effectively get away. Essentially, um, the car without gets ruining, right? Without oh my There's, god, it gets shot. It gets taken up on a ramp and scratched. Throughout the entire movie, that's like a whole bit. Is like how much can it's, we put this car? And through? it's actually through the like lethal three and four. Like something always happens to, to his car. Shit, because of course, because Riggs is involved somehow. Right. Riggs actually, they actually end up crashing the car at some point. Riggs jumps out of the car through the. I loved this and starts chasing after the car on foot because I he's just so loved that jazzed up. Just I love that he guys. jumps on the car that they're pursuing and is like, "Can I have your license and yeah, registration?" Like, registration proof of wow. insurance. Then he rolls off the end of the car. Oh my god! And it was so like, Get great. in the fucking car, dude. What are you doing? Like, right. get in. He's like going fifty miles an hour. You can't catch him. Um. So then, what happened is, is that um. Let's see here. Runs after. I'm ruining his wife's car. Oh, okay. So they get away. They aren't able to catch the guy but, that they were chasing. Right. Um, but they find... But they find... Oh, they find, they find doubloons! Kruger, they find Krugerans in the trunk. Krugerans. Which is, I've never heard that which term before. Which is uh, the currency of South Africa. And I, I believe... Gold I believe it was... And correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was the actual currency of the white minorities who were in power in South Africa at the time. Oh. This is the regime that like jailed Nelson Mandela. Oh. Like a lot of big stuff is going on like racially in South Africa. Right. They, basically the minority has put in segregation as law. Okay. So, which which is called apartheid, and there was all this. Of course, it was completely fucked and wrong. 
this political party established itself, interestingly enough, in 1948, just after the Nazis lost the Second World War. And so they reestablished themselves somehow in South Africa, and they thought that would be cool, right? or they thought that that would be okay and last, but anyway. So cut to... So they find all of this money belonging to uh, the uh, white minority regime in South Africa. So then cut to the uh, the police station where Riggs is trying to get out of a straitjacket. Right. And they're all betting on if he can or can't. Mm-hmm. And then he dislocates his shoulder, mm-hmm. gets himself out at the last second, and then relocates it. Yeah. Um, Which comes up, I think, if not in Lethal 3, definitely in Lethal 4. It came up at least once in this. <laughs> at least it's once. Twice, actually. Was twice it twice? In this That's what I thought. Because he gets in a straitjacket two times in this movie. That's right. <laughs> at the beginning, is there a at the third end. time, though? No, I think it's just twice. It's just twice. Okay, it's just twice. Um, so. Uh, so, and that's that's the scene where the psychiatrist like comes right. over, and he just got himself out of the straitjacket. Oh my he god! He slams his arm against a wall to to put, put his shoulder in. back in place, and he's just laughing his ass off. And she's off. like, "Why do you do this to yourself?" He's like, "Well, no one else will let me do it to them." Plus, so. I need the money. You know, right? Like, <laughs> he's like, he's just up. a smartass. He's a smartass, so, but he's also fine. He's um, and cool then then they reveal too that um, uh, Murtaugh, his daughter, is going to be in a commercial oh my god and everybody in the station should watch and he's like oh my god my daughter better not suck which also like like come on have some faith in your daughter yeah, yeah. like she's but gonna he's be also fine. surrounded by ball busting cops right who are like if your daughter sucks which also i'm sorry the throughout the movie there were so many times that people were like oh my god he was almost murdered hey did you want to go to the poker game do you want to ride we can car share like they would have something really horrible happen and then they're like Anyways, so um, when I play beer pong, these yeah. are the rules I follow. So like, in sequence, we we uh, go back to the Murtaugh's. We watch this commercial. The commercial ends up being about condoms. And Roger freaks the fuck out. He's like, I didn't know that you were in a condom commercial. Wait, before that, though, I don't understand. Why did his family freak out about him eating tuna? I think during during the 80s, the late 80s, there was like this big movement to like boycott tuna because they trapped so many dolphins in their nets. Right. So they just an actual, threw that in? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that that ties in. Uh, <laughs> tuna does not tie in with apartheid, but they took current sociopolitical matters that were going on at the time. And, and they just put them shoved in the him movie. in. Right. Which I really appreciate it. It's, it's almost a little bit like a time capsule. Is this actually yeah. where Too Much Tuna started? I hope it's where Too this Much Tuna This is where started. Too Much... Nick Kroll, we know you're listening and watching. But also so, white supremacists in power. Call up John Mulaney. Tell him <laughs> to put pull up his doohickey computer. Right. And watch us because we're talking about the birth of Too Much Tuna. Right. Uh, separate from Too Much Tuna is white supremacists in power, i.e. Stephen Miller being in the White House right now, helping write Donald Trump's speeches. So Damn. time is a circle. Time is a circle. And Stephen Miller, your time is coming to an end in the White House. Uh, and then they're making a Go hobby Joe, room. Um, okay. Oh, like, okay, so then we cut back to the bad guys. Oh, and the bad guys, right. So the, all, the guy who oh got away God. from the car chase goes back to He's uh, like, the South African I'm consulate. sorry, things went wrong. Things went wrong, Mr. Rod. No, it's not. They're not Australian. No, uh, but they're, they're, they're South African. And he says, sorry, Mr. Rudd, things went south. I there were like four quick. different accents it was happening. Like, like the, there wasn't any. Because the, it, guy, the oh. guy who gets shot is like, he's he's in, uh, he plays an Irish guy in The Departed. He voices right. Deathstroke. And yeah, like it games. was, uh, there were so like, many times that I'm like, I don't know where any of you are from. <laughs> I don't know you where you're from. Right. It was so... Uh, Anyways, so they're, they're like, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. 
And then they kill him. They shoot him in the You know, because that's bad guys. They wrap him up in, in painter's plastic and dispose of the body. Right. And they're like, oh, the, the police are, are getting Which, hot on our tails. I we really, must do can something. I, can I fast forward really quickly sure. to the part when, like, they they shoot his uh, fish tank. Oh, right. And all the fish come spilling out. And I, my favorite line in the whole movie, he's like, pick them up with your hands. Pick them up with your hands. Like, I was like, that's actually one of my favorite movies in the whole movie. Pick them up with your hands. So it's we like... establish kind of who the bad guys are. They're they're super shady. They're, right. They're clearly from South Africa. Um, so we, we get a little bit of glimpse of who they are and how ruthless they are. The commercial at Murtaugh's house does not go over well. He right. sends all the kids to bed. He sends Rian's boyfriend home. Uh, the carpenter for the the rec room that they're building is some, is for some reason in the living room watching this commercial with right. them, which I thought was really funny. That was so great. Nice um, little add-on. That actor's name is Jack McGee, who was in Rescue Me and a ton of different oh, movies. Oh, that's right! He improv the line where he was like, I thought she was great. She made me want to buy rubbers right now. That's awesome. And they thought it was so fucking funny. They just I left it in the I love that shit. It was shit. really good. So, of course, like, all the cops are, like, busting Murtaugh's balls about, ha-ha, your daughter was in a condom commercial. But let's not forget that yes. after this, um, that, no, there is I a think. threat on his life. Yes. They basically say, like, they put duct tape across his face and they're yes. all wearing hoods. These South African terrorists right. go into they're like, Murtaugh's house and, like, gag them and they say... What was the word? Uh, Don't be a... a it's a uh, mean keppa. Uh, I thought it was. Don't be a good keppa. Kaffer. Kaffer. Kepper. I'm looking it up right now. I thought it was copper, and I was like, like you're. Don't be a good cop. No, it's uh, it's uh, let's see, Urban Dictionary. Because um, I was like, I that's a weird. A thing racist to say. Afrikaans term for black people, the South African word for the N word. Oh. Okay. Used mostly by the country's white wing, right wing, white population, made especially popular, quote unquote. In the movie Lethal Weapon 2. Huh. They make a little joke about it at the end of the movie. They do. Uh, but yeah, it's it's basically a word that they used in the movie to not say the N-word, which I thought was really... That's a, creative. It was creative. Yeah. It was effective. Like, when they said it, you know what it meant. I mean, I didn't. I was I was like, did he say Keppa? Like, you, like... Like a fish? Don't be a daddy cop. Don't be <laughs> oh, your like daddy Keppa. I yeah. was like, what? Because so I didn't is, know what his accent this was. This was the South, uh, the South African gotcha. word for the okay. So it, it, it kind of, again, so yeah. they're yeah. taken off of the case. They're like, yes. all right, we, you guys need to stop. So you're going to go take care of this guy who's in house arrest. Just keep an eye on him because there are people trying to murder him. Right, right. So I, people are trying to murder you, so let's keep you safe by going to protect somebody <laughs> right. who's trying to be murdered. So they're not happy because it's like a shit assignment. They basically have to uh, watch over this guy who's play, who's turned state's witness. Oh, hi, Joe Pesci. Oh, hi, Joe Pesci. And we get introduced to Leo Getz, who is now in every other Lethal movie heading forward. He's amazing. In this one especially, he's awesome in like, this movie. The addition of Joe Pesci just to sort of ping pong between Riggs and Murtaugh. Yeah. And Riggs and Murtaugh, again, like, get themselves into a whirlwind of shit. The, the waiter who shows up to the room with room service tries to murder Leo. Yep. Because Leo was the And they fall the out accountant. of a seven-story window into a pool. Right. And Leo was the accountant smuggling the South Africans 
Right, but they don't realize that it's the South African. They don't know they this have yet. No they clue put this that the, that's the and same of course, person. Riggs tackles the guy. They end up riding the food cart out the window down into the swimming Which pool. Which I have to say, Joe Pesci, his character Leo gets an explanation of money laundering is the first time I've actually understood it. I was like, <laughs> right. oh, that so, makes sense. Okay, 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 okay. okay, okay like the okay. next scene after they all, they're all like, like Joe Pesci. Where they say, Leo gets, what the fuck did you do that these guys are trying to kill you? And he's like, I laundered all this money for him and blah, blah, blah. So they go back to Murtaugh's house. They're all wet. They're drying their clothes. They're eating food. And Leo explains what money laundering is. Right. And it's actually really... Education. It's a great... Yeah. It's a great way of explaining it. Right. Um, what happens next? Then... Oh, fuck. No. Uh, 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 Leo remembering... Oh. Joe Pesci knocked him out the window. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. Leo remembering numbers is how I work. Oh, because they're trying to figure out where the South African people are. Right, they're trying like, to find their base, essentially. Right, and so he is like, okay, yeah, I went to it this one time. It's a house on stilts. Right. We can go back to it. Right. And he's like, yeah, it's number nine because I was born on the ninth month, the ninth day of the 99th year, or whatever it was, 99th year. <laughs> right. he, I haven't been born yet. He was born in September on September 9th. Right, and right. so then, like, him going through that, that's how I memorize lines. Which like, is insane. It's the stuff that I write down. But it works. I, I memorized whatever a two-page monologue within 24 hours, <laughs> so come at me. So they end up finding this place, luckily, on, like, the seventh try. These guys oh are in there, like, counting money, and, of course, they get themselves into another fucking haywire situation where they're taken off down the highway. Yep. The guy escapes in a tow truck. So yeah, pursuing, that's right. And they're already taking Leo on, oh this, on this pursuit, which is not allowed. Nope. And so Leo's like trying to help him where he can. Riggs is like on top of the tow truck trying to get this guy. The logistics around that stunt. Yes. I think that's probably one of the most impressive stunts I have seen. So the tow truck crashes into a car. The station wagon crashes into the back of the tow truck which sends a car flying out of the tow truck in front down the highway that car which has a surfboard on top hits that car the surfboard flies forward into the tow truck and decapitates the south african terrorist it's a really great sequence if i and had like, a nickel i'm just like it, it it's, was it's so, so well great. done no it was cgi so well done None of that shit existed really oh it my was god just all practical and stuntmen and it probably took weeks to plan so then anyway. they go back and they're like okay these guys are like the actual assholes like yes. we have every right to go back and arrest them they go back but it turns out they're, They're diplomats, diplomats from South Africa. They can't. They can't be prosecuted. They can't be arrested. They can't even give them a parking ticket. Made me think of American Dad. If anyone's seen that that episode where they're stealing, I've got diplomatic room. plates. You can't touch me, no. <laughs> oh my god. So they're all pissed off because they can't touch these guys, even though even though they know that they're dirty. Right. On the way out, Riggs runs into Patsy uh, Patsy Kinsett for the first time. I thought you were gonna say Patsy Klein. And Patsy Klein. Uh, <laughs> Always Patsy Klein. Uh, he runs into Patsy Kinsett, Rika von hagen on the way out. Um, oh, they have right. a clear love connection. They end up seeing each other later. Um, so they're trying to find creative ways to get to these guys. Right. Um, I so badly, as Riggs is following him around, yeah. like stalking throughout the city, him stalking him quietly, right. Right. like I so badly wanted Hollow Oates Private Eyes to play. <laughs> I wanted that so badly. Uh, Private eyes. The rights would have cost me too much. Watching you. 
That would, that would have been way too much. so great. So they find creative ways to not only follow these guys, but to more or less see what they're up to. Their master plan was to sneak into the consulate. Roger goes in as a distraction. Right. But first he sends in Leo to be like, yeah, I have this friend who wants to go to South Africa. But you have to talk him out but of it. You have to talk him like, out of it. Oh, no. And the guy's like, no, no, no. Like, bring South him in. South Africa's great. And then Danny Glover walks in and he's like, Alphonse. Like, that's Leo's right. name for, his, for Danny Glover's fake character. He's like, Alphonse, come on over. And the guy at the desk is like, oh, sir, you should not go to South Africa. Listen to your friend. And he's like, why shouldn't I go? And he's like, because you're black. <laughs> and Joe Pesci's like, you are. He, he is. <laughs> And, and of I course, mean, it's... Murtaugh starts ripping into this guy about, like, I should join my oppressed brothers. Right. He actually just played Nelson Mandela, like, two years earlier in oh, another right. movie. That's great. And he's like, you know, free South Africa, you right. dumb son of a bitch. And there's, like, like all these protesters and outside. The, and apartheid, and... and it's really cool. So, again, like, the social commentary, I thought, yes. was a really great thread into having... Uh, villains from South Africa who were trying to establish a crime ring in yeah. Los Angeles, yeah, which yeah. I just thought was really clever. It was a great very, way of doing it. Topical. Um, so Riggs is able to sneak into uh, the back offices of the consulate, mm-hmm. so he's able to sneak into the main room, steal some notes off the main guy's desk, and they all come in, but Riggs is just kind of waiting for these guys. Like, yeah, he just hides oh, he behind knows. the door. He lets I six think he of them knows. in. Yeah. And he pulls his Beretta and he's just. He That's re- gun for people who don't know, like myself. It's. Uh, uh, for, for the gun nerds out there, just as a little side. I don't know that there are too many gun nerds the weapons, that listen I should, to. I just want to specify this. All right, all the right. weapons that they use are very specific and commentary on their character. Roger uses an old Smith & Wesson six-shooter revolver. Right, Joe Pesci even says something about that. And, He's right. like, I didn't know they still made yeah, those. Was, yeah, like a three-inch Smith & Wesson, and Riggs uses an automatic 9mm Beretta. It's a fast gun. It's lethal. I think it's gas-powered. Um, Most so it's, guns are lethal. Well, yes. And Riggs himself is I'm a lethal sorry, weapon. I'm sorry, I had to say it. I mean, it's it's it has a lot of bullets in it. So the guns that they have are very symbolic of the characters they play. Yes. Danny Glover's old school. Mel Gibson is like the automatic. What would Joe Pesci's be? A potato gun? It would be. What would Joe Pesci have? A potato gun? No, I imagine him with just a gun that's like three times as big. Bigger way bigger hand, than and it's just like shooting out of his hands <laughs> even though he's trying to help like rocket from uh from guardians of the galaxy that's just exactly giant right thing that he has so to wear. Riggs in one of my favorite scenes just like he he's holding these guys up and he's like i'll make you a deal you and your master race pack up your tents and get the fuck out of my country mm-hmm. and i'll leave you alone because if you don't i'm gonna make your life a living hell I'm going to send you back home with your balls in a sling. Right. And they start ripping into him for being a friend to black people and all this kind of stuff. And he almost shoots the main guy. And again, in a moment where you can tell how far Riggs has come. Yes. And how much work he's done. Yes. He instead shoots the fish tank, which leads to your favorite line in the movie. Grab them with your heads! (laughs) Grab them with your heads! Uh, And so Gibson leaves because message delivered. And he runs into Patsy Kinsid. He's like, time. hey, we should go like, get, hey, let's go get some food. And, and she's then, like, okay. I think he stalks her to the grocery store. Yes, because that's he's right. A and like and, throws onions on the ground. And right. is like, yeah, makes a scene so that she has to go but with him. But in that scene, if you really listen, you can really hear Mel Gibson's accent. Oh my God. Because Patsy Kinsid's accent time. comes out. Because I think she's British. Yeah, something like that. And he's Australian. And you really hear his accent sort of like come out a lot. Right, the whole time. It'll just be like little peaks throughout. He'll be like, 
well, I think we should go out and get more <laughs> fish. And I'm like, more fish. <laughs> like, it's like, he talks normal and then little words pop up. And I'm like, what is happening? So they end up going back to their place. Uh, and you know, and then this is when. up on the good foot and doing the bad thing. This is when all of a sudden, like, the the South African people just go after the police. Yes, they're like, fuck they, this. They the go after and, like, uh, blow up a house where there are a bunch of cops doing the poker party that was yeah. referenced to earlier. Very nice. The only woman on the police force is going to Not do the a police couple, force on this team. Okay, a couple of laps in the pool. Before in the she pool, goes to and she's about to jump in, and then it just the pool explodes. <laughs> and she has this great sort of flip into the pool where she's like full Which like swan dive. She should have survived. She, by I the way, maybe I don't know. But she should it was have a cool survived. Um, so like their entire team that was where is we had wiped out. danger sacks. Yeah, danger and then sacks. they try to shoot. Um, uh, Riggs and and Patsy Kinsey do your Dawes and, and Rika von Hagen Dawes do her Dawes right um, um, titties so, so titties yes all over the we place have, we got boobies all um over. yes uh, I have a little bit of trivia about the sex the scene. likelihood okay so then now he gets really pissed off yes the helicopters come at his beach RV and just blow it to shit with right. MP5 and machine So then guns. they sneak away and he's like, go home, like, take care of yourself. I don't know what I'm going to do. And she's like, no, come with me. You can come live with me tonight and the next night and the night after that. And, and then he's, he's like, like, what about the night after that? What about the night after that? And she's like, oh. Don't push your luck. Don't push your luck. <laughs> God bless. Why are you hamming this up? It's because really, she's, she's really good in this movie. She makes me so Why? furious. Why? Because she is helpless AF. She carries around papers. Well, she carries around papers. Yeah. And is helpless and and powerless. She's she has nothing to do except for be like this, like when when the when the weird old Nazi guy tries to come on to her, she's like, good night. Like she just fucking walks away. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I am always going to advocate for stronger female characters. I know okay, this is the eighties. I know that we are not as far along as we are. I now. know, but I'm still going to comment on it to see how far along we have come. Okay. I didn't care for it. I wanted her to. I wanted her to do something. Okay. Do well, something more. She does something. What? She dies. I know that. <laughs> After all of that. After. Shit. I know. So Riggs, Fuck. they knock Riggs out. They they kidnap him. We don't know what's happened, and we find out in the next scene, yeah, that uh, the right hand guy, this assassin who works for this regime, I still don't ends know up being the guy how. who killed his wife. I felt like that was a bit of a reach. It was a little bit of a. reach. It was a bit of a reach. That at that part, that was where it's like, okay, now we're just scrambling. We're, we got to finish this movie know, up. I don't we know if do we it. necessarily needed it. I don't think we did either. Because maybe if it was revealed a little bit earlier in the movie, I don't know. I don't even know if it. I don't think. It was necessary to be in there. No, I think the only reason why it was so that they could button up and get closure for for from the first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's why they did it. To go back a little bit, we actually had this really beautiful scene in Murtaugh's house where Gibson Riggs essentially he 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 essentially lives there. It's like a second home. Yeah, he's got like like laundry basket for him, and he's in the kitchen like making this big pot of chili. And uh, Trish Murtaugh's wife finds this pen in the washing machine. 
Which, and, that was the only time that gold pen showed up. We right, never came back right. to it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's mine. And she can tell that something's on his mind. Right. And he's like, actually, this is the pen that I found the night my wife was killed. And right. he goes into this whole monologue while he's making Very it. sweet. It's really sweet yeah. about, like, the night that his wife died. and So then we find out anyway. in this scene that the reason that his wife died in a car accident is because these guys were actually after him saw her car and thought it was him. Thought it was him. Ran her off the road and killed, killed her. her. Killed her. So, so Riggs essentially has blamed himself ever since. Right. And so now he's, now he's all, telling him, now hey, he's all pissed off. I killed your like, wife. And now I'm going to put you in a straitjacket and throw you into the L.A. River. Does so. And then when he gets down there, he dislocates his shoulder, gets himself Which we established out. earlier on in the movie. Remember. Remember that. <laughs> Anyway, and then, uh, oh no, look who's right there. It's the gal you just... It's Rika von Hagen-Dazs, and she has been she drowned. She is dead. Still wearing the Letterman's jacket that, that he had That wear. was really hard, yeah. too. The fact that she was still wearing his Letterman jacket. Yeah, and like, he, oh. he, he's able to, like, oh. uh, he, he kills the two guys that were there sort of watching oh my over God. in very brutal fashion. The he, part where, though, he takes her body to the beach, yeah. which also, I'm really glad Sam made an appearance, the dog. Yeah. Um... Where he's, like he's walking just around, walking around carrying like, her. Like this weird oh. sort of Hamlet Ophelia moment. It's oh. really heartbreaking. And he's just like yelling into the into like the that's, night. Like that, that's another crying, stage of grief right there. Yeah, like yeah. that is some heavy fucking and shit. And he just goes into dark mode then. Yeah. Like he goes into vigilante. He like, sees, he's seeing red. Yes. They, like he goes back to like out. his sort of Vietnam special forces Which aspect then, where he's like, these guys need to die. Then he calls um, Murtaugh and is like, Hey, she. This guy killed my wife and then killed um, Hagen Dust. Like and he killed all of our. He killed our all of the people that we love. So I'm going yeah, after him, course. and he's like, No, 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 don't go after him. It's like we can't touch him because they're diplomats. Right, and so then I don't know how. How did Murtaugh find him and like intervene? So Gibson was going to the house on stilts. Right, and so he, he just met him figured there. out where he might. Oh, oh, they were talking on the CB oh, oh, radio. Oh, oh, oh. Right. And he's like, this is where I'm going. You can meet me there. I've got a plan. Mm-hmm. And so, as it turns out, uh, uh, previous to this, uh, Leo gets Joe Pesci is captured. He is in the house on stilts being interrogated by them. And Gibson ties his car to so, the house on stilts now, and pulls a, it down. Now, wait a minute. So, did Murtaugh basically say, oh, okay. Essentially, like, like you, you saw him like take off his badge Put it in his oh, desk that's drawer. Right. Okay, so he's, he's like, like all right, I'm not a cop. I'm not a cop. I'm... Yeah, these guys are diplomats, but they also killed a lot of my friends. And Riggs is my brother, this and I would shit, die for him. Shit, I would like this to is say, a love story between two men. This shit would not fly nowadays, but with of everything. Of course, that, it would. Here's the thing: if of everything that we're learning about police behavior when they are not on duty, now I'm like. Mer? Okay, this is excessive police behavior while not on duty. Uh, yeah. I will acknowledge that. Yes. But he is also fighting Nazis. Do you so know how expensive like, it is to put a house on stilts? <laughs> that is expensive. I, so he pulls the stilts he out. He pulls the stilts How did down. they do that? They actually did it. Did they really? They actually did it. Is that, can a, can a truck actually do that? I mean, if not, I, I don't know if like the forerunner he had actually I was going to say, I don't down. know if I'm that. I'm sure it was something bigger. So he got... Almost everybody. So he pulls the house down. He knows that uh, the assassin guy who killed his wife escaped. Yes. He knows that Arjun Rudd wasn't in there. Right. And earlier, 
Roger puts the pieces together and finds out that they're actually smuggling out all of their money on a boat. Uh huh. So after they leave the house on stilts, we oh, have to say goodbye to Leo Getz right. because they want him to go to safety. Right. These guys head to. Uh, oh, because Leo Getz was there being tortured. <laughs> right. So they yes. rescue Leo. He says, "Go back to the station. Turn the siren on. It's fine. Good luck. Hope to see you soon." Mm-hmm. Um, so they go to the docks where this ship is being held. They find a way to get. Uh, this is where shit was just like, let's go, went, let's yeah, fucking go, bonkers, go, but go, it's, go. It's good stuff. So they get into the shipping container. They end up like shooting all the money out into the ocean. This so they're the losing all their money. The, the ship hit the fan. This is where the ship hit <laughs> the fan. Da, 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 da. So they end up throwing all the South Africans' money into the ocean. Oh, There's a right. big action sequence that takes place. They end up taking out all of these guys on the boat. And then he, he Riggs meets the assassin guy. Right. And he's before, like, all right. Yeah, before Riggs takes out this one guy with an entire magazine. And in his head, he's like saying all of the names of the cops who were murdered. He's saying Rika's name. He's saying his wife's name. That's why he's just boom, 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 like unloading into this guy. Oh, like I didn't catch that. I you just didn't. You commented losing. on it. Like, I, no, I was thought he was losing it because he was just shooting so many. I didn't realize he was him. saying the names. Yeah, you can hear the names being said in his that. mind. He's like, Christ this is a bullet sale. for every single person that you guys have killed. Aww. You are Nazis. They're Nazis. They need to die. Yikes. So. We get down to the nitty-gritty. It's just the assassin and the main guy who are left. The assassin finds Gibson, throws a knife in the back of his leg. There's this big fight that ensues. Gibson, of course, ends up getting the upper hand. Right. Doesn't quite kill the guy. No. Because can, he finds out. Because he finds out there's a better way to kill this guy than to just stab him with the knife that he stabbed me with. While this guy is on the ground, Riggs walks over to this hanging button, presses the button, and a big cargo container just How would you know to do falls on the that? I mean... It's because movies are bullshit? Because of movies. Because of movies. Because also, this button Also, I can't remember how the nail gun came back in. Oh, that's right. So... Because he's like, nailed two. Yeah. He like shoots... Nailed them both. Nailed them both. So, <laughs> to Grown. backtrack a little bit, when Murtaugh is at home... He's attacked by two of these Nazi assassins. And before we come across the contractor who's building the hobby room, and we establish the nail gun, he's using right. it, and you can see it. Right. And, and then, then later on, he picks up the nail gun attacked. when he's like getting choked by the guide. He like nails him right in the head. Literally. And then the other guy reaches through the plastic, the plastic. and starts choking his, him. And his house is boom, always boom. under construction. Yes, his house um, is always getting fucked up. So Riggs kills the assassin, yep. kills the guy who killed his wife and his girlfriend. But he gets shot. A lot. Like four times he or something. He gets shot by this broom handle handgun yes. that was made in China. I don't know why this South African has this Chinese made gun, but that's the, that's beside the point. What? How do you know that? I just know that. So he shoots Riggs with a lot. I love that we just skirt right past that. <laughs> I just do. I just know that. It's a gun that shows up in a few video games. Okay. See, it's there, a Chinese there model. we go. All it's right. It's a broom handle. Okay. Um, anyway, so he shoots Riggs and immediately he drops his gun. He's like, I have diplomatic immunity. You cannot kill me. And then one of the greatest lines from action movies in the 1980s, Murtaugh does his little his little neck turn before he fires a bullseye into this guy's head. And he says, it's just been revoked. I can't. I this can't. Is, this is... 
this, this is, is this is lethal weapon. I this know. Is, it was just it was so much. Family. It was so it so was how else much. So I don't know, but it was so much. You end the movie with this really sweet. Oh my god! Would they completely get disbanded from the police force for all of this? We shit? completely forgot to talk about my favorite scene in the movie. What's your favorite scene in the movie, the Ben? Toilet bomb scene. Oh my god! How did we graze over we that? We did because there was a second attempt on Murtaugh's right. life, always getting... where he's sitting we on. We have to talk uh, about the scene very quickly. We're, okay, we it's we the best really scene in the movie. Uh, Hang on. No oh, I'm going to time you. You have one minute. I love it when we do okay, this. Okay, so I have one minute to explain the toilet bomb You have one minute to explain, the toilet, to explain the toilet bomb and go. So no one's heard from Murtaugh for like a day and a half. Not a day and a half, like maybe 18 hours. So Riggs heads over to his house. He's up in the bathroom on the toilet because they have strapped C4 to the shitter. And if he gets up, he's going to end up on the moon. So Riggs is like, shit, I have to call this in. I'll get the bomb squad. And Murtaugh's like, like hey, could you quiet? keep it quiet? Call it on the, on the private channel. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And then immediately we cut to the brilliant editing and direction of Richard Donner. We cut to hundreds of people on the street. The fire seconds. department, the cops, bomb squad. So everyone gets out of the bathroom. It's just Riggs and Murtaugh. They're going to jump into this tub, but they have to do it on three. But there's this really touching moment where Murtaugh is trying to tell him that I love you just in case this goes south. And it's it, like... Th- Ten There's seconds. so much history. And then he's like, we're not going to fucking die here. They jump into the tub, pull the blanket down, the toilet shoots out the window, lands on the station wagon, and they live. Nice! Perfect! It is honest to God. It's like a 15-minute sequence in the movie. It is so perfectly acted, written, shot. It It is, and I will say this for Richard Donner, he is a master of coverage. You know where everyone is in proportion so, to everything. And it is so just So to wrap up perfection. the movie, he doesn't die. Right. He lives. We have this beautiful scene where Mortal is holding We have Murtaugh's sad sacks in. with knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door playing, which I was like... I, this is so heavy-handed. I think the television's gonna fall off. <laughs> right. Like it was so. So you didn't know if he was gonna live or not. No, I know? know, but I was like, okay, all, all right. right. Let's if we're gonna do, we gotta pick one. Either knocking right. on heaven's door or the sad sacks. You can't have so both. So Riggs and Murtaugh live to find another day. That's and lethal weapon too. Should we hop into some trivia? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's cue that trivia music. Fifty-six. I know. Jesus. It's such a good movie. Uh, during production, Richard Donner was shocked to learn uh, that Mel Gibson was drinking five pints of beer for breakfast. Despite his alcohol problems, Gibson was known for his professionalism and punctuality and knowing all his lines. The the absolute professional, but Mel Gibson was a severe, severe alcoholic. That is what we call a functioning alcoholic, yes. where you would not know. Uh, Jack McGee, who played the carpenter, ad-libbed the line about the condom commercial. The casting crew liked it so much that they kept it in. Mm -hmm. Uh, The scene where Mel Gibson attaches the cables to the house on stilts and pulls it down cost how much money? A million dollars? Half a million. Half a million dollars. A $500,000 sequence where they actually pulled down the entire house on stilts. It's really impressive to see this entire house come down. And as it's happening, I was like, that's real. That's a real thing. It's a real house. Like, that actually happened. It's crazy. Leo Getz, who says, okay, 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 okay. okay, That shtick was based on, uh, it was based on uh, Joe Pesci's idea. Uh, It was based on actual Disneyland employees when they're giving directions to guests. (sighs) 
and he took that from his own life because what? Leo was going to be like this oily, effeminate character, but Pesci didn't want to do that. He pitched the idea of making him all too eager to please, complete with the, okay, 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 and ad-libs, and Richard Donner laughed and said, just do that. And so... The, oh, my God. The phrase is actually referred to in Home Alone, which came out the next year... That's right. ...by having the phrase, okay, plumbing, painted on the side of the wet bandit's Is van. that really a nod to it, or was that just because it was there? I mean, it would be pretty, like... I don't... I don't... It would that... be pretty coincidental if that happened. Yeah. I feel like that was... Right. Uh, the bomb on the toilet scene was used as an early teaser for the trailer for the movie. The trailer ended up with the toilet landing on, Murdoch, landing on Murtaugh's car, and the voiceover announcer saying, they're not taking any more crap. <laughs> Swear to God. We can't do that anymore. No, we can't. Uh, during the scene where Martin Riggs is talking about his gold pen and is making what is presumably a pot of chili, he can be seen crushing Oreo cookies into the pot, and later in the movie, Riggs asks Rika if he likes her chili with or without crushed Oreos. I had no clue. There's so much great references in the movie. They establish so much within the first 20 minutes. I had no clue. And then they no recall clue. so much later on. Right. So if you're really watching and paying attention, you can really appreciate these moments. Huh. But I did not catch that on the first time I watched nope. it. Nope. No. Uh, Patsy Kensett described her sex scene with Mel Gibson as having been very uncomfortable to act out. She stated that the reason was that she and Gibson were both married and both very heavily Catholic. So it was a little bit awkward. Oh. In the original screenplay, Riggs was actually supposed to die. The script was much darker and much more violent. Really? And and Donner took the script and took most of Shane Black's writing and kind of reworked it. Uh huh. They didn't. I don't know if they fired Shane Black, but they're like, we're gonna take, we're gonna buy your screenplay. Right. And then we're going to repurpose the story how we want to see fit because they didn't want to do like, psychotic Martin Riggs throughout the whole movie because they kind of did that in the first one. Right. They wanted to see this guy take a journey, see how far he's come. He's now a part of a family. Right. Like, you can see that, you know, in their in his history with Murtaugh. So they took a lot of that script and they just tinctured the heck out of it. Interesting. So, despite the film's anti-South African stance, it was passed uncut by the South African censors. Really? And became a major financial success in that Yay! So. Make people aware of their mistakes. Yeah. And uh, on the side of Riggs's refrigerator, you can see a U.S. Army Military Police uh, School diploma. Are we going to talk about the poster? Oh, the poster? The poster. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's so one of the trivia. alternative posters that was going to be used for this movie has a giant image of Mel Gibson being like, ah! And then Danny Glover's down in the corner, and he's like, huh? It I'm was... Not. It was so obvious that it's like, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover in Lethal Weapons. It's like, this is a buddy cop movie. They are equals. There is so much in this movie about them being in it together in so many different ways that it saying. makes me so surprised that that even got to the point where it was considered and or released as a movie poster. I am not saying that... It was the smartest poster ever, but as I mentioned to you yesterday... I know. Mel Gibson was a rising major star. Right. Not to say Danny Glover had not done a good amount of substantial good work at the time. Right. But for whatever reason, as these things happen in the industry... I know. Mel Gibson's star 
rose higher I know. and went into the stratosphere I don't, in order to sell a movie. I don't like it, though. Because if you don't have butts in the seats... But I don't like it. It's not a fair industry. It's not a fair and industry. And it's not supposed to be. Oh, but it could be. It could be. It could be. It could be. But are you casting people based on... Uh, are you casting them based on talent? Are you casting them based on a look or how many Instagram followers they have? There's a lot of really unfair... Uh, this is why you should not be on social media. It's 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 really it's really tricky. But I also appreciate and sort of bridging into a lot of actors who do voiceover jobs, yeah. specifically like Jenny Slate on Big Mouth and uh, well, what's her face who does um, she was in Frozen. Um, anyway, she was voicing I believe a black character on the show Central Park, and both actresses actually gave up their jobs. Oh, Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell, thank you. Yeah. Both actresses gave up their jobs so that black actresses could, or, fill, could those fill those roles. Yep. And I feel like that is a way of, of really being aware yeah. and leveling that playing field. But right. at the time, again, Mel Gibson was such an astronomical star. The, the movie he did after this was... I got it, he did Stafford. He did Bird on a Wire, Air America, and then Hamlet. So he was just getting into his sort of uh, writing and directorial debuts, too. Mm-hmm. He did a movie called Forever Young, which was really good. Um, so was yeah, Angels in the Outfield? He was not, he was not an Angels What in was the, the baseball outfield. one that he was Gary in? Gary Busey was in Angels in the Outfield. Gary Busey played the bad guy in the first movie. Well, there's your connection. There you go. I right mean, there. if you were looking there's for something. There's your Gary Busey reference. So, Ben, would you recommend this I movie? I would recommend the hell out of this movie. If you if you like if you like movies like Die Hard or Predator or The First Lethal Weapon or any of like the the 80s uh, Schwarzenegger and Stallone movies, but actually with some really great depth, a really great comedic back and forth between the, the two leads. That's the big difference this, here. It ultimately, and I think I mentioned this in the first Lethal Weapon review, it's a love story between two men. It is. It's, it's a love story between two men who are very different, who learn how to work together to get shit done, who have different opinions who are of different races. But at the end of the day, the they the respect day, each other they're and brothers, care about each other. And they other. care about each other. They would die for each other. Yes. And there's so many incredible adventures and shitty, wacky situations they get themselves into. And th- there is never a dull moment in this movie. And adding Joe Pesci to it was oh just my God. icing on the cake. It just added to it just and leveled a dash. up. In the third Lethal Weapon movie, they bring in Renee Russo as a really strong, matching female character for Martin Riggs. She is a badass. She does martial arts. She's a part of internal affairs. There it is. She's amazing. There it is. I can't wait to review Lethal Weapon 3. Uh, but I would recommend the hell out of Lethal Weapon 2. It's a great summer movie if you're looking mm-hmm. for some great escapism. But also just a really good story that's well-directed, uh, well-written, well-acted. And it... It just, it makes you appreciate the movies of, of yesteryear. I would say that. I would agree if, and I would recommend to people, I don't know if I would recommend to like everybody, but I would definitely recommend to anybody that it's like charming loves as the 80s movies and yeah. loves like the fun, funny buddy cop movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. This isn't the other guys with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. It's not that. <laughs> it's not that. It, you know, it's a bit different <laughs> from that. But at the, at the end of the day, the heart of that kind of a movie is in this. Yes. And I think yeah. is the start of what we see in a lot of those kinds of movies. Yes. So I definitely would recommend it if you want that kind of a movie yeah and i think this is great to like watch on a saturday night with a bunch of it's friends a great saturday like movie. oh it's a it's a fun movie yeah. so i think that's everything yeah thank you guys for watching for tuning in uh please feel free to like share and subscribe 
You can find us wherever you download your podcasts, especially if you're listening to this. You already know how. So and please you. remember, too, to share about our podcast because all of the money that we receive from sponsorship from June and July goes to the <laughs> NAACP. That's right. So please, please, if you can't send money to any of these nonprofits at the moment, that's okay. Just tell people to listen to our podcast because when they do, then we get more money that we will then donate. And we uh, uh, personally donated to a great uh, charity today. It's uh, called called Color of Change, and they work on uh, racial discrimination, uh, specifically on the Facebook platform. So look up colorofchange.org and learn a little bit about them. It's a great cause. Uh, they were recently featured on Pod Save America, which is also a great podcast that oh, you should listen to. This is so sad. So, you guys, right now, the balance that we have is $1.54. We can do better than we that. We can do better than that. Listen for to our the last, ads. Yeah, for our last one that we did, for our last episode, we did Hamilton. We got 21 plays. Yeah. Ratatouille got 44. Yeah. So we need more people to play or at least listen to that first Just listen part. listen to the ads. And then once you've listened to it, you're hooked. You're like, oh my God, these people are so fucking charming. Can you say power couple? I mean, oh my God. And then they're going to be so grateful that you got turned on to this podcast That's anyways. Right. Right. So um, I know what we're doing next. I do not. I'm not going to tell you. And I also know that we're going to have a guest Oh my God. Next. So uh, be sure to pay attention to our Instagram. We will announce the next movie and our next guest. You can find us at Simac Podcast. Rocket is snoring so loud right now. Oh, did I wake you up? No. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. Thank you, guys. And uh, share about our podcast, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.